Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror movies and horror-adjacent movies that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is what happens when a gen fucks up and the wish goes right. Mars! <laughs> Aw, I'm the wish gone right. <laughs> you are! <laughs> it's true! I would wish for you. I wish for, you're, I would wish for a friend like you. Sorry, we were just getting mushy a minute ago, so... I'm still in that place a little bit. Okay. <laughs> but also joining us, bringing us back to reality, is back, back, back again, the man, the myth, the one who introduced Ernest into my life, the one and only Eddie. I am currently trapped in a jewel waiting for someone to breathe on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Eddie, what kind of gen would you be if you were a gen? Would you be a mean gen, a good gen? What would be your vibe? All right, so considering that the djinn, or djinn, I don't know how you quite pronounce that. Um, considering, DJN. Yeah, the djinn. <laughs> no, I mean DJN. Like, er, er, oh, er. DJ's <laughs> DJ, where are you? Um, uh, <laughs> I would be, so they were born out of the fire, of, of fire, mm-hmm. so... And I am a fire sign, being a Sagittarius. Uh-huh. Of course you are. Yeah. So I think I would be a good gen. I don't think I would be evil at all. Right. On the scale of of this movie and Robin Williams, you'd be where? Oh, um, way closer to Robin Williams. My gotcha. God. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is not a nice gen. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, if you are ever trapped in a jewel or a lamp i will breathe on you sir okay (laughs) you have to to rub the lamps though oh that's right okay well that's when they were polishing the i'm getting ahead of myself when they're polishing the stone in this one i was like who puts them in something that is definitely going to get rubbed right Mm -hmm. don't you put it in a Mm -hmm. puffer fish or a porcupine (laughs) well not not getting too far ahead either though like they did hide it somewhere right that was True, true. We'll get to that in the synopsis. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, speaking of getting ahead of ourselves, we are going to be reviewing the film Wishmaster, <laughs> the masterpiece. I mean, it's in the title, Wishmaster Masterpiece. How could it not be great, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> so, I have a little bit of a warm up question for you guys, which is because this is about a mythological creature that grants wishes what is the pettiest wish you wish you could wish right now and why Ooh, the pettiest yeah mars you go first i'm gonna think about this for one second see okay and not to give too many details about uh i had a feeling (laughs) my personal life my pettiest wish came true already Because there's someone who's moving away to the coast to go live his dreams that I will never have to see or interact with ever again. Or hear his feet slapping in those tivas. So that's why I'm at a loss because I'm like, mine happened all on its own. (laughs) How about you, Eddie? What's your pettiest wish? Okay. So this, I don't know if it's petty. It's really small though. Okay. So I'm applying for a gaming license in a state. And, oh, and, and, right. And in order to do that, you do a background check and you have to send a bunch of stuff into them. Okay. And and one of the things I have to send in is one of those pictures you would put on a passport. Oh, okay. And so, it's been like a month and a shot. half. Yeah. And I have yet to go get that picture for that 
Oh. <laughs> so I just want that picture? Just like, give me the picture so I can send it in so I don't have to go <laughs> to Walgreens and ask the guy to take a picture of me. Yeah. Something sad. One of the last things I did before lockdown was renew my passport. So, I oh. so now I just have this passport that's empty and mocking me. Because <laughs> I was, yeah, right before lockdown. Canada's open again. Uh, I would like to. I'm supposed to get on a plane next weekend. We'll see what happens. Next time at Joy's, we're going to Montreal. Really? How? Oh, yeah. She's two hours from Montreal. Oh. How? How is Montreal? Because I know Toronto is bad. Uh, Montreal is one of the greatest cities I've ever visited. I meant in terms of COVID. Not, I'm sure it's oh, no, beautiful. No, no. Canada is, is has caught up to the U.S. in vaccinations. Okay. So it depends on where you are, naturally. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, I would I would go to Montreal and, and do all the outdoor stuff because it's still summertime. Mm. Outdoor And I might stuff. do Fantasia Fest if I was there right now with a mask on. Oh, I would love to go to Fantasia Fest. That's such a great festival. All the good stuff goes there. All the good stuff. Ah, damn it. My petty wish is I could go to fucking Fantasia. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm going to be like a petty person. My petty wish is that my neighbor, who we refer to as the Reverend's car, would blow up. No one injured, just exploding car, so that I don't have to listen to him rev it or as we call it, give his sermons (laughs) for 20 minutes to a half hour multiple times per day. That's my petty wish. There have been many a podcast that has had to be paused or uh, heavily edited because the reverend decided it was time to proselytize. (laughs) I hate him. I hate him. Let me let me build on your on your um, your suggestion here for a question to warm us up. Right. Okay. All right. At the end of this episode. Okay. We have to say how our petty wish would have been demented by the wish. I like it. Let's do it. Don't let me. I'm going to put it in the notes so I don't forget. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm glad to see you. I'm the pettiest of us all. <laughs> Not shocked, but also, you know, it's good to good to know yourself, right? It's good to know who you really are. All right. So, Wishmaster, before we get into this, Marzi, can you do me a solid and remind all of our listeners what our spoiler policy is? Because they're going to want to know it. All right, if this is if this is your first time listening to the show, we are going to spoil the whole thing from top to bottom. Everything that, well, as I'm going to do the synopsis, everything that I remember, I'm bound to forget something. But we're going to talk about the whole thing. So if you haven't seen Wishmaster and you don't want to be spoiled, you should go watch it now and then come back. Personal opinion, don't go in spoiled. That's my yeah. personal opinion. Yeah. I think it's more fun. And I mean... We all knew going in that the ending was going to be like a where's the loophole kind of ending. But, you know, <laughs> you don't want to spoil the, the loophole. Right. So don't be spoiled. Yeah. What about you, Eddie? Do you think people should be spoiled or and or go watch it and come back? What do you think? I think on, on this one, don't get spoiled. All the Agreed. ones that come after it, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I it was this was a me pick, but really it's Eddie's fault. <laughs> I'm getting blamed. Yeah, or credit. Or credit. I'm getting credit. <laughs> so I've been wanting to make Mars watch this ever since. I mean, I kind of always wanted to make her watch it because it's one of those guilty pleasures that I think would be fun to talk about. But it really ramped up after Wish Upon, and so I was just kind of waiting for the right time picked other things instead and then along comes eddie and you want to you want to take it from here eddie 
I, I don't know what I did. What did I do? You watched Wishmaster and put it in the chat. Well, I always watch Wishmaster. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah I watch things. That's what I do. <laughs> so, okay, I'll tell it then. So I'm minding my own business, going about it, trying to wait for the next Ernest dispatch. And Eddie throws the poster for Wishmaster in. And, I was, and we started talking about it and how I can't wait to make Mars watch it. And Eddie's like, I'd come on. And I was like, okay, well, let's get it on the schedule then. That's do, exactly do, 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 do. what happened, too. And then he was That's like, wow, you're very type A. And I'm like, remember we talked about election and how that movie is personally offensive to me because it is my personality? <laughs> and he was like, yes. And then, ta-da! <laughs> Sorry, Eddie. <laughs> am, am I still talking here? Um, Did I make a wish and it came true? <gasps> is this the good version or the bad version of the genie? <laughs> we will find out by the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it shows you the power of, you know, the cult of Eddie, right? You just say, I'd like to be on the show. And I'm like, well, let me plan the next show based around you hinting that you might want to be on. Oh, my God. Rachel, are you the gin? Am I the gin? You are the gin in this case. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope this is a good good wish then because <laughs> the pa- my powers are not maybe the strongest, <laughs> but I can get you on my podcast. <laughs> I, I, I'm a very niche gin, but, you know. I do have some what, power. What do you wish for? Well, I'd like a million dollars. Well, how about if I bring you on my podcast? <laughs> have you heard of more deadly? Hey! That's just the answer to every wish ever. It's like, oh, I'd love I'd love to become the CEO of my company. All right, and you're on the podcast. <laughs> right. For Christmas, I'm just going to hand out vouchers. Y'all aren't getting presents. Yes, you're already on the show, but... I wish I had a pony. And you're on the podcast! <laughs> Just handwritten cards that say, you are allowed to come on the podcast this many times. (laughs) Hey, I mean, you know, you got to work your angles, right? This is what I got, guys. What I got. (sighs) All right, cool. So that's why I picked it. I'm very, very curious to see what you guys think. I'm going to put it out there. This is a movie I really enjoy, but it's not going to hurt my feelings if you didn't like it, because I also see the seams, you know. Critiques are fair, but I'm going to probably be the dork that has no criticisms for it. Okay, cool. First of all, let me ask you, what is your history with this movie? Have you seen any of these movies? When did you see them? Give me give me the background story for both of you. I've never seen it. Okay. I did not even realize there were more of them mm. until Eddie brought it up tonight. So mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. news to me. <laughs> I'm very interested in this fourth one, though. I think I'm going to have to watch the fourth one. Are we just going to skip straight to four? I mean, based on, on outside recommendations. Yeah. Mm. I mean, would I be missing out on plot? <laughs> Does the ongoing overarching plot require that I watch two and three? Uh, well, I could tell you a little bit about two and three later on, and, and you can decide. Okay. I might have to just go full out. But I saw this movie back in the 90s, mm-hmm. but I had a small child then, so I don't know how well I paid attention to it. Okay. I remember thinking it was great. Like, this is a great movie. I love this movie. And now I've rewatched them all this week, uh, well, last week, and I still think that this is a, a pretty good movie. So let's let's go on with it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that pretty good put it if you reissue the, the movie put it on the cover <laughs> pretty eddie. good source for eddie says pretty good <laughs> yeah, didn't knock my socks off but it was all right <laughs> <laughs> all right well let me give you a little bit of background on this hair movie film it was directed by robert kurtzman 
And this is actually his second film. He's gone on after this to direct a few more genre films, but really where he's the most accomplished, and you will not be surprised having watched this movie, is in the special effects world. He founded a special effects studio with Greg Nicotero and Howard Berger in 1988, and after the three of them met while working under Tom Savini on Day of the Dead. And this is relevant because all of them except for Nicotero appear on screen, and Nicotero was working behind the scenes on this movie. Totally. Yeah, he's he is a badass. Okay, over the course of his career, Kurtzman also did special effects on iconic movies, including Evil Dead 2, some of the A Nightmare on Elm Street films, which explains a lot of the cameos in this movie, which we'll definitely need to get into, as well as many Tarantino projects, starting with Reservoir Dogs. And then he hired Quentin Tarantino to do a screenplay based on one of his treatments, which turned into From Dust Till Dawn, another Pretty iconic movie. I wonder if he did the ear cutting scene in Reservoir Dogs. I mean, probably. Because that was gruesome. Yeah. I mean, he he was the special effect. I think he was the head special effects person, so I bet he did. So, he, like I said, he went on to direct three more genre films. Now he's back to, you know, really where his strengths lie, which are in special effects. And some of his recent projects include The Haunting of Hill House, Synchronic, Ma. And the Fair Street trilogy. Oh, yeah. I saw Synchronic. Synchronic was good. I know. I really. I mean, I'm obviously a nerd for those two guys. I've made Mars watch two of their films so far, and Synchronic is not far behind. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, good, 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 yeah. good. Yeah, I think. I've been holding up. Okay, all right. I'll pick it soon. Let me. I will definitely pick it soon because I definitely want to know what we're talking about it. All right, so the film was written by Peter Atkins, who wrote all of the Wishmaster sequels. So if you liked this one, good news. Uh, there is only one Artur behind the entire franchise. He also wrote several of the Hellraiser movies. And a lot of people have said that the gin in this really does feel like a mix of Pinhead and Freddy, which is pretty accurate. <laughs> pretty, pretty accurate. <laughs> it stars Linda Hamilton's secret clone, Tammy Lauren, and scenery devourer, Andrew Devoff, in our two lead roles. It was shot on an estimated $5 million budget and earned almost $16 million its opening weekend in September of 1997. I am a million years old. It opened third place behind In-N-Out and The Game, which is the Fincher joint, and I highly recommend. Because movie critics are joyless, it got terrible reviews and currently has a 25% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? That yeah. low? I know. I was surprised mm. by that, too. Thank you, Eddie. <laughs> but apparently, doesn't matter. Still earned three sequels, which I hear from Eddie are terrible. And yeah, <laughs> that's what I got. <laughs> They're wonderful. They're just wonderful. They're just wonderful. <laughs> Do you really feel like a through line? The writer, this is his magnum opus. He's teaching you things about the human condition, and no, I think he. I think what he did was he took a different angle for each movie and just went. With okay, it. each movie is unique to what it is. Interesting, and we'll we'll get into that. We can talk about the different the sequels after we talk about this one. Okay, fair, fair, fair. I'm look at me trying to get ahead. You know, this is how we do on stream queens. <laughs> We're not good about sticking to it. Appropriate timeline. I know. I'm going to jump straight to the end. No. <laughs> right. I know. I, we've gotten good, though, Mars. We don't we've spoil it before good. the spoiler warning anymore. I know. I know. Look how good we are. You'd think. You, after you guys so many are great years. at it now. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Have we, did we spoil some things for you? Uh, you know, I, I, I listen and sometimes I'm like, 
Well, I know they're not going to do spoil. Like they're not going to have a spoiler section and a non-spoiler section. So I should just watch the movie. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what everybody else should do too. <laughs> well, that's why we try to be like this one. It doesn't matter. Just watch it. It's or just listen. It's fine. This is not going to. There's no twists. Yeah, with dead with deadly, you do it differently. You're like, oh, well, you know, we're going to go try to not spoil it for a while, and then we're going to spoil it. And this this podcast does not do that. This podcast yeah. is just like, let me just talk about what I liked. Let's do it. <laughs> well, you know how at the very end. <laughs> yeah, this is, like this a... is one of those hidden springs, hot springs you find in the middle of the woods, and everybody just takes their clothes off and jumps in. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Future podcast art. Hmm. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Except for Rachel, who jumps in with all her clothes on. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would put on my three-piece swimming suit. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and you think I'm joking, but it it's actually four pieces. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> listen. <laughs> Not everyone needs to be naked all the time. Sometimes it's it's okay to cover up. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into this movie, Marzi. Would you be awesome and give us the synopsis, please? I will do just that. So this movie opens where we're watching the actual creation of what will become later the Fire Opal with some narrator and some text over how the djinn came to be. And it's a very, you know, there was God, then there was angels, then there was the djinn, then there was man, and also fear the djinn. This so opening scene corny. is just bananas. I, I know, I know. <laughs> and that was um, Angus Scrim yes. doing the, the narration, which is, is the first of the mm -hmm. many cameos we have here. Yeah. This, is, this movie is basically one giant trivia question, which is like, what movie has Freddy, Jason, Candyman, the Tall Man, <laughs> um, probably other people I'm not thinking of? Oh my God, this is a good trivia question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But this opening scene is just it's a it's a real way to start a movie. Yeah. It's just it's Persia, it's chaos. It's just this sorcerer who's wandering through this room full of people who are transforming into other things. And it was amazing. I mean, this mm -hmm. being my first experience watching this movie ever. Uh, what a way to start a movie, I will say. <laughs> so here's my question to both of you guys. Which of the curses that are that take place in this at this first party is your favorite? It was oh. initially the person who's becoming a tree because mm -hmm. I thought that that effect was mm -hmm. really cool. Mm -hmm. But then it quickly became the person whose skeleton forcibly exited <laughs> his body. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let me outline all the things so the listeners can uh, can know what's going on here. Okay. So in, in Persia 1127, the guy makes a second wish and he says, show me wonders. Oh, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. And then so the first thing we see is a person flying backwards into a wall and becomes part of the wall. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we get a bloody nose. We get a cut up face. We get a burned off face. Uh -huh. We get tree head. Uh -huh. We get stomach burster biting an arm. Right. We right. get skeleton bursting from a body. That one is. We get that skeleton strangling somebody. <laughs> yep. And we get an alligator man. <laughs> yeah. Alligator man is so good. <laughs> I thought Ugh. that effect was so well done. Yeah. So which one's your favorite, Eddie? <laughs> Me, it's the it's a homage to Alien with the stomach burster biting oh, an arm. That's a really, really good one. For me, I'm totally torn between Alligator Man and the Skellington, but the Skellington I think is for when the hand comes out of the yep. hand, I, mm -hmm. I was like, and I'm I'm done. I'm into this movie. Mm -hmm. This yeah. movie you know, is they worth put watching all their money for into that, that shot. <laughs> 
It was money well spent. <laughs> it definitely is not going into the uh, the Jason Voorhees murder, the the Kane Hodder, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, so the sorcerer, the Zorister, is that his name or is that his title? Do you think? I think it's his religion, right? He's a Christian, a Zoroaster. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was mispronouncing that word. So this <laughs> sorcerer is running, rushing through this room. He makes it to where the emperor is with the jinn. And the emperor is about to make his third wish. The jinn's trying to convince him to make his third wish because he's saying, you know, I can make all of this right. I can save your people. You just need to make a third wish. When the Zoroaster sorcerer tells the emperor that if he does that, it's going to release all the jinn onto earth. And the jinn is very quick to be like, yeah, yeah, will. <laughs> He's not he's not hiding that at all. No, no. At which point the Zoroaster traps him in a gem and we get transported to present day America where mm -hmm. a crate is being offloaded from a ship purchased by a very rich man named Raymond Beaumont. And he's got his supervisor with him, played by Ted Raimi, but whose character I can't remember the name of. Uh, well, Ed Ted Raimi's good enough. Ted Raimi. We all know Ted <laughs> Raimi, right? But the crane operator has been drinking and fumbles the crate and it falls, killing Ted Raimi and destroying the statue inside, at which point a dock worker discovers the gem that has been hidden inside the statue and he pockets it and he pawns it and it makes its way to regal auctioneers where they, you know, he's like, oh, I bought it off a guy who said his grandma gave it to him. Do you think it's worth anything? And the guy, Nick Merritt, who runs this place, is super psyched about it because it's this giant, crazy-looking gem. And immediately he's like, I got to get my top person looking at this thing. And he's all excited about it. From there, we meet our main character, Alex, playing tennis with her best friend, Josh, who very quickly it becomes clear that Josh wants to go on a date. But she's pulling that whole, you know, oh, but I, I don't want to jeopardize our friendship. It's, you know, and she's just very bummed about having failed relationships and whatnot so she kind of shoots him down and he does that really cheesy like maybe this will make your wish come true and gives her his hat and very 90s kind of interaction you know typical 90s movies but i mean i will say i really like this movie even though it did have its very yeah, yeah. 90s-esque elements oh, to it oh yes <laughs> <laughs> but i i really liked it anyway but this is you know one of those first scenes you're like oh yeah okay this yeah, is... yeah. We're in the nineties. <laughs> I've been yeah. transported again. First, I was in Persia, and now I'm in the nineties. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, quick before we go too much further, I want to pop quiz. Name the three sort of classic horror movie characters that are in that that scene on the dock. Can you guess? I think that Ted is just the the brother of Sam Raimi. Yes, <laughs> and right. he's been in a lot of shit. Well, he was right? in like so, Evil Dead too. I, yeah, he was in Evil Dead uh -huh. too. Okay, right? and then you have you have Freddy Krueger yep. is is England there, mm -hmm. and who's the other person in that opening scene? Mm. That this, I'm one's, thinking? this one's a little trickier, but I know you you can you'll know it. That's no, not it's, well. You know the the guy running the the crane is Mickey Torelli, but I don't know him from anything else. Maybe you do. Maybe um, you do. I, I, no, I'm not sure I do. So that's a hint. It's a good hint, mm -hmm. but I don't remember him from something else. Okay. You want me to tell you? Yeah. Oh, totally. Okay. So it is Mickey. You were right about the person. Yeah. So that is Joseph Pilato, who was Captain Rhodes in Day of the Dead. Oh, that's freaking awesome. I didn't <laughs> have that one. So I went through, I made a whole list of all the cameos. Yeah. And that was not one I caught. Yeah. So 
I love that. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. See, see, I love this film because it just lets everybody that I've seen in other horror movies be in a movie doing something they never did before. Yeah, this is a horror movie fans horror movie, I feel like. You know what I mean? Fan, fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> it's like before the, the trend of having weird cameos that make no sense. This was the this was the proto version of that. But instead of having them be like, hey, I'm here. It's just him running a crane or whatever. I just can't wait until Denzel Washington starts showing up as cameos in movies because Ooh. I'm going to be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> when he's reached the Tom Atkins place in his That's right. career. Exactly. <laughs> Like, he's not getting any regular roles anymore, but he shows up in these movies. Right. <laughs> Rob Zombie's bringing him back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I just wanted to pause really quickly because Eddie's my movie trivia friend. So, I, you know, I'm going to get it in there and see how he does. That was good. That was good because I didn't, I, I knew, I recognized him, but I didn't know what he was in. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely watching this movie with IMDb open on my phone because I knew there were so many people and I was like, this time I want to clock them all. And I probably missed some. There's probably some that I definitely missed, but there's a few more in here. So can I say something about, about the gin for a minute? Sure. So us doing this podcast got me reading a book about genies, mm-hmm. the djinn, and, and it's written more from the Arab perspective. Mm-hmm. And so the djinn were always sort of like, they, they were a type of creature created by God, according to them, mm-hmm. after Adam was created from living fire, from the wind, the, the way they put it is the wind of the desert. Whoa. And they regularly haunt abandoned places in the deserts. That's where the origin comes from. So very interesting to me. I, I, you know, I'm finding, I'm finding reading this book. I'm only about a third of the way through it because we don't give ourselves a lot of lead time. (laughs) I gave you a month. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) Oh God. I'm reading two different books. I'm still reading a cannibal book for crying out loud. Oh yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's a fun light read. I bet. (laughs) Oh my God. Goodness, no. (laughs) And neither is this one, right? So I try to pick up something interesting and bring it to it, you know. But but in this case, right? So the Djinn, they there's a he makes a reference to the what was the name of the god in the Exorcist? Uh, uh, oh my god, I had it in my head a second ago because he's yeah. Um, come on, all you people out there, you know what this is. Are you talking about (laughs) Pazuzu? Yes. Okay. Yes. That he's a Dijin. Is he? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't and, never and I heard was, that. I was, I was weirded out by it. I was like, oh, this is really good. And so I have this book, which, you know, the guy's sort of religious. He talks about Quran a lot, and he talks a lot about Jewish folklore. But I also have the Quran. So now I'm, I'm spending my time reading his book and then looking in the Quran to find the passages. Oh, interesting. <laughs> where the Jinn are, because this is totally a Middle Eastern thing. The whole gin thing yeah is a which is you can a, tell totally by the entirely with... white cast of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes because everyone in the middle east is white <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but fascinating stuff i'm just saying if if you if you haven't done any research into gins and genies do some research yeah. because there's some fascinating stories out there. Oh, that's and, and it cool. even goes into the quran talks about lilith which we won't talk about here because it's not pertinent to what we're talking about but the whole idea of lilith and her being has to do with adam and eve and the first mate that god made for right. adam 
and and fascinating stuff like it's a culture i hadn't looked into uh-huh. and now that i'm looking into it i'm finding it deep and very interesting oh that sounds really really cool yeah. you should you should link what those books are in the discord because i will i'll yeah. do, totally do that okay so it turns out that alex is the top appraiser at regal auctioneers so she's the one that nick gets to look at this super rare fire opal and she's just you know, blown away by how unique it is. Nick's getting even more excited because to him it's just, oh, this is going to be worth so much money. But she notices something in it. And so she says, you know, oh, there's there's something wrong with it. We're going to have to run more tests. And he leaves. And in her kind of looking at it more, she breathes on it, which unbeknownst to her in the moment awakens the djinn. She takes the fire opal to Josh, who is a scientist of some sort. To have it examined with his, you know, laser machines. And then she leaves it with him to go coach her her girls' basketball team. While she's coaching, Josh is running tests, and the lasers release the gin and cause all the machinery to explode and seriously wounds Josh. And releases just the most amazing fetal gin. Oh my god, this thing was so creepy. And I loved it so much when it just army crawls to him and then lays next to him and is like, <laughs> how you feeling? Oh my gosh. It was so gross and awesome. Yeah, yeah. So fun fact, that is Vern Troyer. <laughs> oh! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. The, I called him the mini-me gin. <laughs> <laughs> So Josh is pretty badly hurt and the djinn asks him, you know, if he would like to be released from his pain, at which point he says yes. So the djinn kills him as the release to his pain and grows. And the scene where it's showing all of his parts growing and becoming a whole Uh djinn was super cool. Yeah. I thought all the effects in this movie were super cool. So this is going to become like a broken record point for me where every time something happens, I'm like, and it was so (laughs) cool. Yeah, this is a great movie for special effects nerds. I mean, some of the some of the CGI is very, very, very dated, but all of the practical effects are uh, chef's Amazing. kiss. Amazing. Yeah, super good. I really, oh my gosh, it was good. So because Alex has breathed on the, on the fire opal and has awakened the djinn, she has developed some sort of connection with it. So she's trying to call Josh to find out what he knows. She's just getting the message and then somehow feels his, it's his death or something. It's a very harrowing experience for her. So she rushes to the lab only to find the police are already there. Josh is dead and it's very upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) She's very upset by it. Meanwhile, the djinn is out and about. And there's a homeless guy who has a history of kind of hassling the customers going into this pharmacy. He has an argument with the pharmacist and then all pissed off walks around the corner where he finds the gin just kind of hanging out in an alley. They have a conversation, at which point the gin, I mean, the whole time is trying to trick the homeless guy into making a wish, which inevitably works and results in the pharmacist's death. The homeless guy, you know, says, oh, I wish he'd die of cancer. And the pharmacist guy promptly dies of cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's let's point out so we got Vern Troy there and then the pharmacist guy is Reggie Bannister from Phantasm. Oh, I missed <laughs> that one. See? And and when he's when he's dying, standing above him is Tom Savini. Yep. <laughs> There's one other sort of someone who has horror movie cred that we passed, which was the police officer, the main cop that is interviewing her is from Aliens. Is it? Oh, really? Huh? Yep. He was Private Frost, who I believe is the 
first one who gets pulled down when they encounter the aliens for the first time. Oh, that's awesome. This movie is just like hidden with so many people in it. It's just stacked. rife. Yeah. Stacked. Stacked. We're not even done. There's still some heavy hitters to come. Yeah. Now, did you guys get um, the jump scare when when she was she's looking through the microscope and then the creepy auctioneer guy oh, comes then, behind yeah. her. <laughs> yes. And and he's like, I'm no I'm no gematologist. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, gematologist, is that a thing or do you make that up? And I looked it up. It's actually something some people are gematologists. Really? Yeah. It sounds like something an idiot would it's, say. It sounds yeah. made up. <laughs> I do what I do love about that part of the movie is that, you know, he's all leaning super close and you totally get that creepy boss vibe. Uh-huh. But he's not leaning close to look down her shirt he just wants to stare at this gem and so i just <laughs> yeah. thought it was funny that normally you'd be like oh that's a male boss getting too close to his female you know employee but mm-hmm. really like no he just cannot get over how much this gem is gonna make exactly. him exactly <laughs> where where you know you would think that like it would be the opposite because she's got that linda, ha- linda hamilton vibe going oh yeah she's very attractive uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and really he just can't get close enough to that right. gem right i also i also made a note that that josh was really cute <laughs> yes he was very cute in a very very nice he had 90s face for sure yeah, yeah totally like, i could see him if we looked at his imdb it'd be like, yes he was definitely on an episode of the red shoe diaries or something you know what i mean i kind of feel like his imdb is full of roles all named josh and that's his real name being a josh yeah right he had a very I, strong I, josh vibes horseback riding being a josh some martial arts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so i i can't quite remember where the scene falls in the order of things but at some point alex is at home recovering from having seen josh dead and learning that he's died and she's at home with her sister and that's where we get background between alex and shannon where Alex is feeling guilty because she thinks that it's her fault Josh died because she asked him to look at this gem and that's what caused the machines to explode and all this. And her sister starts getting into like, you can't do this again. You can't do the guilt thing again. Where we get background on there was a fire where Alex was only able to get her sister out and not their parents. And she spent a, a you know years, I guess, feeling guilty about this. And so Shannon is very, you're not going to go back to the guilt. You're not going to go back to that. But, you know, Alex is upset and she's doing her all. Well, no, but this one's different because it definitely was my fault. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, background. We get background. It plays later. It's an important factor later. No, I think it's important to have that background, right? Yeah. See, when people criticize this movie, I don't think it should be criticized that much because they spent the time to put the background story in there. True. It didn't feel unnatural for the sister and her to have that conversation. It didn't. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense in terms of she just had this very traumatic experience and she's like, oh, here we go again. It wasn't the gentlest delivery. <laughs> no, that's, that's the only thing about it for me is it definitely had that for no reason she's very adamantly going to, you know, talk about how guilty she feels, which is, you know, a natural reaction. But just, I don't know, the delivery of it was very like, It wasn't no. like, I'm so sorry that you your friend just died. It's like, <laughs> don't start this shit again. You're going to go to a therapist. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Well, she obviously like the sister obviously went through a lot of trauma true. with her sister being in a mental hospital i guess that's true and and you know and so she dealt with that because her parents were gone right yeah. so you know so you know her sister comes out of it and now all of a sudden she's doing like 
new stuff. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I guess, and it's also your sister, your siblings. Like, there's, you know, you can be nice to each other, but also there's probably pre-existing asshole behavior between siblings, right? I've watched some of my sisters almost kill each other. <laughs> You're like, this just looks like Wednesday. I don't, I don't know why you guys are surprised by this. <laughs> I mean, what's going on? We're just talking about dinner. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so Jin has tricked a vagrant into making a vengeful wish, and then he makes his way to a morgue, kind of. But it, anyway, he steals a dead man's face, and in doing so, he gets caught by one of the students who's, you know, learning how to be a mortician, I guess. And we get another wish where the Jin is in the process of cutting a face off of a body, and the student is obviously very upset by this and so the djinn does his little like do you wish you weren't seeing this right now and the student gets his eyes you know gets his eyes closed they closed? turned into melted buttholes. shut yes uh-huh they turn into bottles <laughs> I mean, they do <laughs> don't judge me yeti <laughs> you guys have cats you know they're putting their buttholes on everything. oh a hundred percent I know. They're just, just working all over our stuff all the time. We just had a conversation where I was talking about how I purposefully try to put my pillows in places where the cat can't put her butthole on it. And I know it's not 100% effective, but I'm trying to right. you know lower the, the chances. Right. And just this morning, I'm just getting ready for work, and I turn around, and she's just gently placing her butthole directly on my pillow. And I'm like, God, I've got man! And she's a precision butthole placer. Yeah. She plans it. She thinks real. What was it that she put her butthole on? It was oh, oh, my last conversation heart. Yes. (laughs) I was eating conversation hearts from Valentine's Day. I had one left. I was working from home. Something came up. So I set it down. And then I look back and she's looking over her shoulder to carefully maneuver her butthole straight onto my last piece of candy. I mean, the only thing worse is it's like she picks it up with her butthole and then drops it in front of you. That is so upsetting, and it's imprinted in my brain. <laughs> I mean, maybe she just like, was like, here, I have a gift for you. <laughs> I know. Can't you just kill a mouse or something? Please don't bring me your butthole hearts. Thank you. <laughs> indoor cats, so different from outdoor cats. Yeah. I, I know. It's like the indoor cats have to find ways to entertain themselves. Because they're like, well, you're going to leave me in the house all day. So watch what I learned to do today. <laughs> it's a magic trick. That's close-up magic for cats. Uh, she made your it's conversation so heart disappear. <laughs> now you see it, and now you can never unsee it. <laughs> I kind of wish that I, I wish she had a gif of that or something. <laughs> there, there are cartoons out there. I know there are. <laughs> <laughs> and if there are, Sarah will find them and put them on the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Cats. So do we get another jump scare in there? Because one of the things about this movie is there were several jump scares. Oh, yes. She's talking to her sister about the parents. And then she there's this dream sequence. Remember the dream sequence? Yeah. And you, Flashes and of violence. You know it's a dream sequence because it's suddenly shot from the end of Superman 2 where they're in the forbidden zone or whatever that thing's exactly. called. <laughs> <laughs> what is that thing called? I don't know what it's called. What is that called, the Producer Randy? Phantom. The phantom, the phantom zone. zone. <laughs> yeah, you get phantom zone cam every time she's having a dream. Yeah. And who said, ready to play, Alex? And there was a jump scare. And you're like, why? Why? Why'd you do that to me? 
<laughs> and then he takes a body and moves on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After he frightens me, the audience member. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, sure, steal a face. Okay. <laughs> it's not a bad face, though, I have to he say. He does have you know, quite a glow up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he made it good. I mean, and you'd think where he was at, he had limited options, right? And he just lucked out that a very handsome man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, when you th- look at Andrew Divoff, you're not like, wow, that is, you know, a traditionally handsome guy. But he has so much charisma that I was like, yeah, yeah, he could get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm giving him all the props for what he did with his voice. Yeah. Because he did an amazing voice acting job. Mm-hmm. Like, it really was. Like, that genie was unique. And I wish I could reproduce it here. I can't. But it was you just so try. good. <laughs> well, you know, I have tried. <laughs> I have practiced in front of the mirror. It did not work. <laughs> Again, I wish I had a video of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very specialized version of the you talking to me. But it's all That's just right. lines from Wishmaster. <laughs> <laughs> But he does something where he makes it gravelly. Yes. You know, like he brings his voice down into his throat and, and just like, like he has this little <laughs> grumble down in there. I can't do it. I've tried. I feel like you're getting warm, though. Have another beer I'm not and let's try again. <laughs> right. I don't want to crack a beer during the show. Oh, I mean, that's kind of the score of the podcast. <laughs> we call it the Kershink Symphony. <laughs> okay. So, Alex... Sorry, I don't. Are we? Uh, no, we you're more? just cute. I was just laughing. Did we? Did we establish that that because she blew on the gem and sort of rubbed it against her chest that now she's psychically connected? Yeah. To the so gen. yeah, yeah. Every time he takes a soul, she she experiences something horrific. You know, we get just screaming and pain, basically. And I think at this point we don't know exactly how or why she's connected to the gem, but she starts to do research into it and tracks it back to Beaumont who she goes to visit him and he starts telling her the history of the religion behind this you know this statue that he was trying to purchase and he's showing her all of this other crazy history stuff that he that he owns and the blank pedestal where that statue was supposed to go but you know it fell and it broke and it killed his assistant and of course you know she makes a jab at him about how he's like oh yeah it was a one one of a kind and she's like you're talking about the human person who died, right? Not the, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, uh, that's totally what I meant. The, the person <laughs> who died, of course. Meanwhile, the djinn is trying to track her down. And at this, I mean, I think at this point in the movie, it's kind of early, it's earlier on where we're not really sure what the connection is or why he's looking for her. But so Beaumont directs Alex to talk to a folklore professor friend of his named Wendy Durlith, who gives her more history on the djinn and how. Our society took the idea of the gin and tried to make it friendly because we were afraid of it because it's really, you know, they are things that feed off of fear. And, you know, she talks more about that opening voiceover that we get the, about how the gin were created after angels, but before man and how they've always been something that people have feared. And so we turned it into, you know, the genie from Aladdin because we needed a way to, to handle it. And as Alex does more research, she learns that the gin needs to have people make wishes in order to you know own their steal their souls to power the gem and then and and then ultimately he needs her to make three wishes and upon her third wish it will open 
the whatever the portal i guess you could call it that will release all the rest of the gin mm-hmm. onto earth and that's why she's you know connected because her breathing on the gem is what w- awoke it and she is now the person that ultimately will need to be making these three wishes the gin trying to track her down you know he goes and he visits the police officer who is at the scene to try to get any information on where she lives and he does his whole like oh yeah no i know her i mean she doesn't know me but i know her so you could give me her address right inadvertently the police officer makes a wish about this you know Mm -hmm. this guy in the police station and he keeps saying like yeah he's so guilty but he he gets away with everything and i wish he would just commit a murder in front of everybody so we could just finally you know nail him for it and so the guy just starts shooting police officers until he himself is shot while the gin steals alex's you know contact information i I just love that every wish is demented yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and i also love jenny o'hara who played the the expert on folklore i love her like that actress is so good Mm -hmm. and she's so Mm -hmm. (laughs) underappreciated and that character is really great i love her as kind of the kind of crotchety smart humanities kind of teacher yeah she's really really great I also just really love the structure of this movie. Uh, as we're you're recounting it, I'm thinking about how by splitting up to having these two sort of parallel stories, you get opportunities to have this really awesome body count. But mm-hmm. but they're also kind of you can really invest in both your character and your monster. He doesn't have to stay hidden. You can enjoy him throughout the runtime because yeah, and I I don't think they get really well. They don't do a good job at letting us know that. The all those random wishes by people, mm-hmm. he's he's gathering souls, yeah. which is the power he needs to be able to do the escaping that he needs to do. Right. So he's he's like sort of getting people to make wishes and turning them on them, but he's collecting that soul, and that soul is the power he needs because when when finally when Alex makes her wish, that's gonna be that's gonna be the one that frees everybody, right? Right. So. He's sort of gaining his power while he's getting to her. Right. Yeah. And I do like that journey because I like how in the beginning it kind of seems just like, oh, well, he's just granting these wishes. We're not really sure how he's benefiting from it. Maybe it's just, you know, whatever he's calling. But I like at some point it starts to shift when you realize he's actually trying to track her down. But in the meantime, getting more powerful by tricking people into wishing along the way. And I, I like kind of when you start to realize that he is actually looking for her. You know, he tracks her down to the basketball game that she's coaching and interacts with her sister and then disappears when she, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. catches him in the crowd. But he's he's pointedly trying to find her because he knows ultimately she's the one who's going to have to start making, you know, those three wishes that are going to complete this cycle so that all the gin can be released. I like, yeah, I do. I agree. I like the way that they set that up and they structure the two storylines right. together while still connecting every once in a while. You know, every time he steals a soul, Alex has an episode. And so, you know, she's connected and going through pain every time it happens. And every time he gets somebody. Yeah. 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 And you learn in the second movie that he needs a thousand and one wishes before he can do the final three wishes. Oh, this is. So he's trying. This is like the Arabian Nights wishes. connection here. Yeah. It's exactly what it is, right? So they're playing heavy on that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I just think it's interesting because a lot of with a lot of these movies, you know, that the stars are in this movie. The there's your final girl, but 
you don't you you really kind of love the villain and you want to see more of the villain but it's very sparing and this movie just skips all of that nonsense and is like you're just as much interested in this guy as you are your final girl and it allows you to really invest in both of them and i don't know i just think it's really smart and unique structuring for one of these movies i i would agree with that i think by putting him in a human body mm-hmm. it makes him way more relatable yeah and and then then you can like see him doing his thing as a normal character mm-hmm. as opposed to when he's always looking genie like it's he's definitely somebody you wouldn't want to wish with no <laughs> oh but i love his ca- the camp of his performance when he's like tell them there's something stalking the streets and it's it's stealing wishes <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah. it made me laugh it's corny but i kind of love it i don't feel like we have those kinds of villains anymore he is very much of the freddy school of villains and and i it, it, it was fun to kind of have that throwback aspect even though it is a little cheesy yeah it's funny because there's this there's this upper echelon of famous villains right and then you have the Wishmaster and all the ones below him so yeah. it would, might be an interesting thing to do in the discord for all you people that are going to um be patreons for zombie girls and zombie girls podcasts to go out there and and think about all the lesser villains yeah. that you would put in the lower realm underneath Freddy Krueger, underneath Jason, underneath, you know, you know. Yeah, there's like a tiers, underneath right? The, like what, yeah, what tiers, tiers do they right? go in? Yeah. So it would be a great exercise in the in the discord to sit there and talk about what's the second tier after you get what's your first tier? Because I think we all will probably agree on most of them. Yeah, I mean, there's like four um, or five that are yeah. just like. Yeah. And then second tier, what would your second tier be? And that's the interesting discussion because this is a, definitely a second tier, mm-hmm. but it's not, you know, it's not bad. No. <laughs> like, I'm enjoying it. I think, I wonder if they, the sequels had been better if this would get a little more love than it, because I feel like it does get forgotten about. Mars had never even heard of it. And uh, yeah. it's kind of a shame because maybe it's a hidden gem. I don't know. A hidden fire opal? Mm, yeah. Not sure it's a hidden gem. Because I think, <laughs> I think Wishmaster goes second tier maybe not because of his the quality of his you know villain character but more so just because he's not as well known yeah so i wonder if this movie was as well known as you know freddy movies jason movies those kinds of movies if he would be a first tier because i don't know i think he's creepy and i like i like him right i mean he has that chucky freddy charisma to him i think that if the critics hadn't come out so hard against it when it came out which they really did you know, that this would have been a hit, mm-hmm. but it it wasn't just because it just received so much negative stuff. And, yeah. and even when I was watching the interview with Kurtzman talking about it, and he was just like, yeah, it just felt like the timing was wrong on this. Yeah. Like, like people weren't ready for what we were doing. Right. And it didn't hit. And, and, you know, I like a lot what we did in there, but there was a lot of stuff I would probably do differently, you know? <laughs> oh, that's a shame. I, I wish he was, he didn't feel that way because I just, I don't know. I think it is such a f- fun little weird outlier of a movie, especially from the 90s, right? The 90s were a weird time in horror. <laughs> it really was. The 90s were, yeah. Yeah. It, They're waiting for the next thing, which ended up being Scream. Right. So the the Jin also goes to Alex's workplace where he's trying to find Nick, her boss, on the way killing a security guard by turning him into a window. But he finds Nick and he's trying to, this is, you know, before he tracks Alex down to the basketball game and he's trying to figure out where she's at. And he tempts Nick with, you know, trying to get him to wish for something. And Nick wishes for a million dollars. And the only reason why I bring it up is because 
this wish, I think, is different than all the other ones. Because all the other ones had these immediate, gory, super violent results. And this is the first one that it does the kind of secret twisty twist. Yeah. Because she, he wants a million dollars, and it results with his mom being in a plane Brutal. accident. Or Brutal. Or plane crash. And he gets it as the insurance money. And that's generally, you know... It just was a different way that this oh, yeah. was yeah. delivered. And I thought it was interesting that we go with immediate torturous death. And then this this one is different. Yeah. And this was the was... only one that was the classic monkey paw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's yeah. what it was. It was the, like they literally took that out of that folklore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that we did one that was, you know, like you said, classic monkey paw when all the rest of them are very much not <laughs> very of their own their own type of twisted wish. Yeah, so I have a note here yeah. in capitals that says, oh, my God, so much smoking. Oh, my I God, <laughs> so much smoking in this movie. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't know that there's a scene where somebody's not lighting up. Now, was that just the 90s of it or what? I, it might be. I, You know, I just got to that point in the movie and I just was noticing everybody's smoking. Everybody's smoking. And I'm like, and, and you know, I'm a reformed smoker. Mm, same. Who still loves to smoke. Yeah, same. Like, I would smoke tomorrow if it was safe and healthy. Yeah. And I watch that smoking, and I'm just like, yeah, cigarette would be really good. I know, I know. I know. I know. Same. Same. Also, we... It shows you, like, I haven't smoked in 25 years. It'll never go. But it shows how much it sticks in your head. It'll, and it, I'm actually <laughs> glad that it's not on, in movies all the time now, because when you see it, you're just like... Hello. It's like when you see a delicious hamburger in a movie and you're like, mm -hmm. I should get a hamburger. When I was over at the bourbon night I had recently, you yeah. know, I'm like, I'm not going to smoke the cigars. I'm just going to have some bourbon. And after the first two bourbons, yeah, no. I'm smoking a cigar. No, of course you are. Of course you are. Alcohol and cigarettes are like chocolate and peanut butter. Like, fine apart, together, magic happens. <sighs> That's it. another good thing that you can't go to bars or anything right now because... That's that's my trigger. When you're in a bar and you've had a few drinks and then there's like a little smoking alley. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we breezed right by it. But there was another iconic horror actor in the scene. Did you catch it, Marzi? No. I'll give you a hint. He had a very interesting style of facial hair. What? The beard. So, yeah, yeah. The beard on the on the security guard. Yes. Oh, I didn't recognize him. Oh, okay. That's Kane Hodder. I don't know who that Jason. is. Jason. Oh! <laughs> what? Yeah! They're today's Friday the 13th movie. when we're recording. My God! <laughs> I, this was my loophole today. I was like, I'm watching this, but it's still appropriate because it has Jason in it. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> also, I love this little moment where he's confronting him and the guy's like, I wish you'd leave. And he's like, no. No, no, I know, I, know. I love that. <laughs> he didn't want to turn around. He's like, but I have to. <laughs> I did love that. And, I, you know, because especially when Alex is doing her research and she reads that part where it's like the Jin has to grant the wishes or whatever, like that's yes. what they have to use their powers for. And so I love that he's like, ah, no, dang it. Dang it. <laughs> I have to get in. <laughs> <laughs> And then Kane couldn't keep his mouth nope. shut. Nope. Like, I know. You'll have to pass through me. Yeah. Dude, he, oh, he almost okay. defeated the djinn. <laughs> right? If he had just stopped talking. So close. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, I don't think I don't think you make the kind of choices that lead to that facial hair without with having good judgment. So 
I'm not surprised that he couldn't keep his job. <laughs> so Kane, Kane Hodder said in an interview that that like it was his first talking role. Really? Yeah, he never had gotten to talk before that movie. Yeah, that makes sense. It's so funny. It's the other thing that's weird is seeing all these people relatively young. Oh, super! Kane Hodder was super young uh, yeah, in this movie. It was weird. Ted Raimi too. I was like, what the hell? How are these people so young? And then I'm like, oh, because this was a million years ago, and I also am old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not bring it there. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> okay, so Alex keeps having these episodes every time the Jin gets someone to grant a wish and steals their soul or, you know, whatever results of the wish. Alex is still feeling it. So she goes to consult Durlith again, and they just have a very spooky interaction where Durlith uh, it's you know she's kind of acting like herself but then she starts getting into the just trying to get Alex to ask for something and she's just being real creepy and it turns out that it's the djinn who showed up and killed Durlith and stole her face so yeah 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 so the djinn you know Alex knows at this point she can't make any wishes because she's done her research and the djinn is like well I'll give you the first one for free and she wishes that he would blow his head off, and which point he does, but then just to prove that, you know, he's an immortal being, and as much as that hurt like hell, it's not going to do it. So she, Alex ends up making her first wish, which is to know what he is. And the two of them are teleported inside the fire opal, and this scene was so cool because it was so creepy. And the weird bone dog thing was super creepy, but it's the Jin on his throne. All it's he's now collected on all the souls that have been promised him through the wishes. And everybody who made a wish is inside the gem being just tortured. And it was the police officer who was having his skin split open. That was, I think, my favorite of the torture scenes because it's just so gory and good. Alex is now inside the gem running away from the Jin's pet dog thing mm. and <laughs> gin dog <laughs> gin dog i don't know i loved this yeah i thought it was super cool and then and another jump scare because we get well sort of jump scare but the camera's on alex and it starts to pan around and then it comes back full circle and the gin's now right behind her and yeah. I, liked, I liked that uh-huh. i liked that a lot the gin leaves her alone in the gem and he's looking into it with his big creepy eye and he tells her he's going to go after her sister. And so Alex makes her second wish, which is to be in her apartment alone, which comes true. But she also is now in her apartment alone with a note from her sister saying that she's going to Beaumont's party <sighs> and bad news. bad news. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so we missed a jump scare. There was a phone ring. Jump oh, scare it's before, such a good right one, after too. The when the souls were collected, like so, they, they did this cool thing too, right? So they only had like four or five jump scares in it, but then they they mixed them in with her having the visions, yeah. mm-hmm. which became jump scares too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you ended up with like ten jump scares mm-hmm. through the movie. <laughs> I, I I feel like jump scares have fallen out of popularity. Like everyone's like, oh, that's hack stuff. But you know what? They work. When done right, yeah, for sure. They're super effective. You know, it's just, you got to get away from the, there's a sound in the closet and turns out it's a black cat jump scare. You know, Mm -hmm. the overdone ones, yeah, I can see being old, but you can still do it right and it's still effective. Yeah. Yeah, so I have have, have rules about this, right? Just, this came from Event Horizon. Okay. uh, Which I love the movie. It's a great movie, right? But, But they do a post- 
sound jump scare thing. Okay. Where they're showing you the movie, but then in post they make a loud noise with the with the you know yeah. whoever it is that's doing the noises. Yeah. That drives me crazy. Yeah. yeah. Same. Like I don't mind if it fits in the scene, mm-hmm. like somebody showing up next to you and going "Hi." Yeah. You know whatever. You want whatever, like diegetic right? jump scares only. Yeah. yeah, you you just you can't. It can't be a post production thing where you're like, "Oh, we need to do something here. Let's put in a jump scare." Yeah, mm-hmm. like when it's just the big like dun sound, and you're like, "No." Yeah, and you're no. like, "Why'd you do that to me?" Like I, it happened to me with Event Horizon in the theater, and they made this really loud noise, and I literally said, "Fuck you!" out loud, and somebody <laughs> yelled at me. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm that movie goer who cannot not interact with the movie. Do you talk or do you just react when something surprises you? I, I do it mostly in my head, but every now and again, I will laugh. Okay, that's I will, fine. I will shout. I will squeal. <laughs> okay. You know, because sometimes some something gets me and it makes me squeal. Like some gruesome thing on the screen that looks so realistic will make me squeal. I'll be like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think the- that's. Why did you do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fine. I I don't like when people feel like they have to narrate the movie because I'm like I you you're not on the clock. We don't need your narration. But I think it's fun when you're in a theater with someone and they just are naturally involuntarily reacting to a movie. And I say I that because I we do go it. To it. <laughs> yeah, it's no, no. It's literally why we go into an audience right. is because because we want the movie to affect yeah. us. Like we don't watch movies. For the sake of watching movies. Like, we're not doing it just so that we can, you know, so we can do, you know, where we can just, like, literally write a review and walk home. Right? Ultimately, whether I write about a movie or I don't write about a movie, it's about enjoying the movie. Right. The experience. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know. So, like, this one, like, not my favorite movie, but I really enjoyed this movie. Oh, Yeah. Totally. Totally enjoyed this movie. This movie was great. (laughs) My aside, and this isn't even my story. This was a story that happened to my roommate at the time when Drag Me to Hell came out. Oh, Oh, of course. I love that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. And this is for anyone listening who hasn't seen Drag Me to Hell. This is a spoiler. But my my roommate at the time went and saw it in theaters and it gets to the end. And, you know, the end when Justin Long pulls out the envelope and he's like, oh, I found this, you know, and he, the whole thing is we thought it was his coin, but it's really the button or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was in the theater and someone across the theater goes, oh, snap, it's the button. <laughs> and, <I'm> like, <laughs> and I love that story. And it's not even my story. And I think I've told it more than she has because I love that. That someone was so caught off guard by that ending that they just reacted instantly mm-hmm. to I'm I'm sorry that that movie I can't get over the things in mouth thing. Oh, <laughs> and it is I, I cannot things in mouth. like. Okay, so my biggest peeve not, not peeve I love it and I hate it at the same time is things going in people's mouths yeah. in movies. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It, the, even like simple things like this. Um, what was that deadly? deadly invitation deadly wish it was like this old 70s movie Uh and there's this scene where a spider crawls in the girl's mouth and i'm like yeah exactly that's my response to it out loud whenever i see it no no you don't let things go in your mouth and that whole that you know because drag me to hell was all about eating disorders Mm -hmm. you know there's so much stuff going in her mouth and it's so gross 
and and I, it, like I had visceral reactions yeah. to every single bit of oh, it. Oh, when the body of the lady, the old woman, yeah, rolls on top of her and throws up into her mouth. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Well, oh, and so you know, and I know it's coming up, but of all the horror things that happened in, at the party in this movie, you know, the one that made me the most uncomfortable is when Beaumont dies and he has that yes. thing come out of his mouth and the whole time all i could think was like that thing's still in his throat that thing's still in his throat right. that thing's still in his throat yeah <laughs> so can i tell you this is not in my mouth but it was a near miss the other night so we all know i don't like spiders this is a well-established thing so i'm sitting it's nighttime put on a cartoon start winding down me and randy on the couch relaxing cats everything's great and i feel this tickle at my throat Stop. tickle tickle and I reach up and I'm like, is that hair? What is that? And I pull my hand away and there's something in my hand. So I reflexively let it go. And then we spend 15 minutes trying to find out what it is. Randy talks me down, says it's probably just maybe the cat's hair or something was, you know, whatever. He, he walks, talks me down. Then I look over and both my cats are intently staring at something. And Randy looked, and they were hunting the spider that had been crawling on my neck. Oh, my God. How no. I oh. wanted to die. <laughs> it was inches away from my mouth. And you know what else? My ear. Oh. And this, folks, is why I sleep in a spider bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing, with a net over my bed. <laughs> I know that there's nothing you haven't considered when it comes to spiders, but things like that when they happen, the thing that I always think of first is how long was it traveling on my body I hadn't before thought about it reached it. somewhere? Oh, no! Before it reached somewhere where I noticed it. That's like when you find a tick and it's way too high up your body for uh, it to have gotten there quickly. Uh, yeah. And you're like, how long did that tick travel up my fucking body before right? it attached itself? Right? Like, it's in my lower back. How did it get to my lower back? It had to cover what would be miles for the tick's size. And it just, oh. Goddamn, I'm six one. That's like 2,000 miles. <laughs> that tick went cross country to make it to where it got to. I mean... It's good cardio for a tick. It's good cardio. <laughs> Leg day. Now I'm thinking of like tick exercise classes. <laughs> it's much cuter when they have headbands and are just sweating to the oldies. Oh my god, he was the Forrest Gump of ticks where he was like, just keep running. Just keep running. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, God, sorry. I just had to share my trauma with someone. I haven't told anyone about that yet. You guys are oh the first God, to know. A horrifying story. Yeah, I've been sitting on that Terrible. for a few days now, and it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm learning to live with it. All right, sorry. Where were we? We've totally sidetracked. We're, at, we're about to get the second party yes! scene, which I have another list yeah. of things that happen. So, Alex, upon finding the note from Shannon that she went to Beaumont's party, rushes to the party, but so does the gin. And he, as he tells her, you know, he calls her on the phone to let her know that they're so connected now that he will always know where she is. That's not creepy. As proven when she's driving there and he punches out her window and is like, see? Yeah. Worst <laughs> boyfriend <found> ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, now that I know about the fourth movie, I can see where the seeds in some brains yeah. got planted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Alex makes it to the party at about the same time as the gin, and she tells the security guard, who was, I did recognize. Ah, <laughs> you. there you go. <laughs> I missed almost everyone else, but I did recognize Tony Todd. 
she tells the security guard that that man's following her and he's dangerous. And so he lets her into the party and he questions the Jin, who starts to, you know, tell him about like, don't you ever wish you could be free? And for a minute, Johnny Valentine, which is just an amazing name for a character that only mm-hmm. exists for right. five minutes. I would like the Johnny Valentine spinoff. Kay thinks. All right. <laughs> I know Johnny Valentine was a middleweight boxer, oh. you know, like like not in real life. I'm oh. just saying like <laughs> his character was a middleweight boxer and now his job is to do the door because people like him and they knew him when he was a boxer. Like that's Tony Todd in this movie. A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, for a while he kind of stands up to the Jin and eventually gives in and wishes he could escape. And so the Jin puts him in a Houdini trap where he's, you know, straight jacket in a container of water and i do love that as he's walking away he's just like Houdini did it in seven minutes or whatever the time was exactly (laughs) (laughs) so i i love that i love that scene in particular because i just think that the gin we get this idea that like you make three wishes and he just waits for you to do your three wishes but this gin doesn't do that this gin literally is like forcing you into saying something right yeah and i I love that aspect of it because he's so aggressive with the meals like any male he approaches Mm -hmm. like when he when he approached the doorman to turn the glass and and with uh tony todd you know he was aggressive with them to get them to say something right which when i think of a genie it's like oh you get three wishes what are your three wishes and they're waiting for you to say what they are this dude's not doing it oh, at no. all. He's like, I, I have a purpose. We got to get where we're going to go. Right. <laughs> well, and and starts, you need to make your damn wish. And he plays on people's insecurities. You know, when he goes to the woman who's helping him pick out his suit and he starts playing on her insecurity about growing old and not being beautiful anymore, yeah. you know, and he's playing on this security guards. Again, like you're saying, like this guy, his history probably is that he used to do something that he felt great about. Now he's working security at a rich man's party. You know, and he's playing that against them to get them to wish for things. Yeah. 100%. And to, yeah, entrapment. As someone who has spent way too long trapped in one place, can definitely identify with his tactics. (laughs) 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 I, too, know the urgency of getting the fuck out. (laughs) But, yeah, no, you're right. I do. That's another thing is he's very he's very smart and he definitely knows how to play to people's nature. He knows Oh, this guy's greedy. I'm going to play to that. This this woman is vain. She's putting on her lipstick. I'm going to play to that. But yeah, he has all kinds of tactics. He's such a cool villain. He really is. Yeah. He really is. And, and not to not to diminish what the writer has done here, but you know, I know some some screenwriters now that would really like take this idea and make it really clever. Mm-hmm. Like this was sort of yeah. clever, right? But but it wasn't super it clever. It wasn't cute. And there are, you know, there's some writers out there right now that could be super clever with this, mm-hmm. you know, you you know. And I would just love to see this rewritten. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, not not the not the ideas, just the dialogue. Right. Like the the interactions rewritten because I think there's there's lots of opportunity in here that like th- as much as I like this movie, there's some unfilled potential for sure that we're not getting i agree and i think you know with his whole he's manipulative and he can read people really well so he knows what to play against them but i agree i think if you developed it more it feels right now like it's more so a means to an end he's doing these things just so that we can see a scene where he gets a soul and then moves on but if it was focusing more on his on his tactics on doing it i think that could be really interesting instead of just as a, a vehicle to get to the end 
you know, which is kind of how it feels a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it could be super interesting if they rewrote it and made it a little bit more clever. I'm kind of surprised we've never gotten a remake of this. So after after getting Johnny Valentine to make his wish, the Jin makes his way into the party where he immediately finds Beaumont and starts charming him. Alex is searching for Shannon, finds her at the bar and is trying to do the like, we gotta go. And Shannon's doing the, no, I don't want to go. I just got, you know, it's a party. And besides, that handsome man from the basketball game is here. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's when Alex realizes the Jin is in the party. He's talking to Beaumont. And he gets Beaumont to wish that this party would be unforgettable. And now we get party number two, where very much marrying the party we opened on, just things just go apeshit across the board. (laughs) You know, I've seen this movie multiple times. For some reason, I always forget how insane this ending thing is. It is wild. This whole ending sequence is crazy, and I love it. Mm -hmm. It's great. Mm Mm-hmm. I have another list if you want to hear the list. Yes. Okay. So second party scene. Woman turns into glass, shatters, face ripped off by glass. I loved that. Yeah. Body jagged faces Uh because a lot of people got hit by the glass. Mm -hmm. Living serpent statue attaches to morphed (gasps) face. Yes. You remember that one? Yeah. (laughs) That one was good. Fire poker through mm-hmm. the head. That, one, that one's upsetting. Things going in mouths. Piano comes to life and decapitates. Fun people. note: the person decapitated, Robert Kurtzman, director of the film. Nice. Oh. <laughs> A man on fire. Others on fire. Oh, others on fire. <laughs> Worst party guest ever gets caught on fire. Starts start heading, starting all the other party guests on fire. <laughs> RSVP. No, no. <laughs> Dangly creature in hanging on guy's neck. This is is this a callback to the is. Lovecraftian? Could yeah. be. Mm. Dead bodies all over yes. the place. <laughs> a panic people running all over okay. the place. Living statues oh, attacking. The living that was super statues cool. were honestly some really incredible practical effects. I just want to say the eye job they did yes. on those with the white yes. eyes. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there was that. There was Robert England. Uh, England. Um, pukes out a creature that grabs. Is Alex. that like a call callback to the Dream Warriors, where there's the snake? I think right? you're right. That right? Might be. That's what I yeah. was thinking of when yeah. it was happening. I hadn't thought of that, but that's good. <laughs> there's a hall of statues where they all come alive. Yes. There's a mallet to the yep. head. Oh, that one's great. Um, Ooh, that one is yeah, great. Good. There's a stab through the chest that spurts mm-hmm. blood. There's a Mr. Hyde character oh comes my out God, of the painting. It's so and cuts a ridiculous. <laughs> and then there's Alice wishing for stillness and everything goes right. away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, I don't know. I love it. It's so ridiculous. It is the perfect center point of ridiculousness and really gruesome, gory violence. Yeah, exactly. This is peak vi- fun violence to me. Yes. Yeah, and I agree. I I just wish there was less random people running around and more of those images because those images were brilliant. You know, but there were a lot of people just running around. You know what I mean? Like when you do a scene and you're like, all right, we have to make it seem like panic. Everybody just run around, push each other. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And there was a lot of that, but then they had these great, 
like special effects yeah. pieces all through it, uh-huh. right? And I just wanted like four million dollars more of those special affected fair, pieces. You know, fair critique, sir. More. <laughs> what we want is more. M O A R. I want more yeah. of that. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of why I think this movie has such a special place in my heart. Aside from the fact that I think the Jen is such a cool villain, it's just it's so bonkers, and there's such great effects, and it really you can tell that the director is an effects artist because I just feel like it's such a celebration of all the over-the-top gore and he was like if he could conceive it he kind of put it on screen right and 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 it's such a tribute to special effects the fact that he got all these cameos from guys who played Mm -hmm. monsters because the monsters truly understand what special effects guys do you're totally right you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like like it's not the main actor it's not johnny depp right that that you know comes out of nightmare from elm street it's it's Freddy right. Krueger that does, and that guy knows what Kurtzman right. does. He literally knows mm-hmm. what he does, and and he was he was willing to come on and say, "Hey, I'll I'll join mm-hmm. your movie." Yes, and I love that. I I think that the you know that kind of community is is you know we all want that in our in our work right. lives, and that's that's awesome. what I'm saying. I feel like this is such a great movie for horror nerds, especially horror nerds like us who have a great affection for a particular time in the genre. And that's why I don't think I think it's wild that it doesn't get more love than it does, because. Well, after this podcast, it's going to get more love. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. You may be giving us too much credit, but I accept. <laughs> <laughs> so, in all of this confusion, Shannon and Alex get separated. So Alex is spending this whole time trying to find her sister so she can get get out. At which point we go through all these really awesome, like Eddie just listed, these amazing things that happen. And I love the hall of the warrior statues. I love when she hits the the beginning of the hallway and she sees it and she's just like, oh, fuck. I know. <laughs> There's nothing that's going to get me out of no. it. Right? She's like, this is just not going to, this is all bad. Yeah, I just love her this looking back bad. and forth and it's like, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. Yeah. <laughs> But she makes it through to the final room, which is the room where the statue, the Ahura Mazda, was supposed to be. It's the room that, you know, she got that explanation from Beaumont in the beginning of the movie. And the Jin finally traps her with all of his warrior statue men and reveals that Shannon is now in a painting. And to even further motivate Alex to make her third wish, the painting catches fire, which is, you know, reflective of that dream she had of her sister still being in the building that's on fire. After a very long sequence of Alex remembering Mickey Torelli's, Torelli's name over and over again, she finds the loophole, yeah. the loophole wish, which is to wish that that dock worker had not been drinking two days ago. And effectively, everything gets reversed. The Jin gets trapped back in the stone and we go back to the dock where Mickey Torelli is sober and does not drop the crate. Mm-hmm. And the statue now made it to Beaumont's little museum. And the Jin just sits on his throne inside the stone, trapped inside the statue, just being pissed. I love when he's being sucked mm-hmm. in and he's like, no. I know. <laughs> and his face gets yeah. stretched out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you made that wish. <laughs> I know. I love her, her like, don't you wish you didn't meet me? I'm like, oh, you're so 90s. I love you. <laughs> Can I just take a moment to say what a great character I think Alex is, actually? I do too. She I is agree. smart. She is fearless. I love when he calls her and threads her. She's like, fuck you. 
you click. Yeah. I just think she's kind of a boss and an underappreciated sort of final girl. I think she's as much of a boss final girl as she could have been in the 90s, in a 90s horror movie. Yeah. I think, you know, because it wasn't really, we got more, you know, final girls that were scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't really seem scared. No. She went through pain. She went through confusion. You know, she went through, but all of her motivation was, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this yeah. out. You know, and even when she's talking to Durlith before, you know, when she's starting to suspect something's up and she's like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to depend on myself and starts to leave, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and she doesn't do panic screaming, and, you know, things like that. And so I think as much as a uh, final girl was allowed to be a boss, you know, a character, I think she is encapsulated that for, for the era. Yeah, and for the time. she, we get to see a lot of different sides of her that we don't typically see in these things. We see her as a sister. We see her as a professional. We see that she cares about these girls that she coaches. We see some degree of her romantic life. I actually think she's kind of fucking great. I, I agree. She's well-rounded yeah. is what you're talking about. Like, she's well-rounded. And I think that's really important in this. In, in, this, in that it's, you know, this is the yeah. 90s. And we're coming out like because she's sort of an 80s mm-hmm. final girl mm-hmm. character, but it's played very differently than you would right. in the 80s. And and I think that's cool. Like, that's the way you want to do it. You want to meet your times. Yeah. You're right. And she's kind of this, in this era between what final girls would become, where they become like almost like action heroes and they have all these sort of quote-unquote masculine traits she still has that kind of girl next door vibe but there is a evolution where she it's also i mean this is the same year that spice girls girl power you know what i mean you can feel the Mm -hmm. cultural influence in this character but i think because this movie is largely forgotten which is in my opinion a shame she too as a final girl i feel is not getting her due at all I, i i was as I was watching it more so this time than any other time, I was really thinking about her as a character and really kind of impressed by, I don't know, maybe it's also because I'm reading that Final Girl support group book. I don't know if you guys have read this. No. It's fun and it's very much playing with all of the tropes. All the characters are plays on the Final Girls and all of the, you know, top sort of um, slasher films. But the main character mm. is the worst. Every decision she makes Mm -hmm. is the wrong one. She's trained to survive if her killer comes back. Literally never is successful in defending herself. And so with that in the back of my... So she's she's actually the exact final girl stereotype that the the mocking 2000s did. Yes. She's the scary movie final girl. You know oh. what I mean? Not even the scream scary girl, but the scary movie version. Yep. And so listening to that and finding it extremely frustrating and then watching Alex kind of bravely and intelligently taking it on this gen, I was like, yeah, this is this is what I want. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little drunk and I have a lot of feelings about Alex. No, no, I think I think you're right on the on the thing. That, so this is 1997. Yeah. And so we've moved past the final girls of like the the Friday the 13th mm-hmm. movies, but we're not quite to the pretty girls of the 2000s. Right. Because in the 2000s, the final girl ended up being the, the prettiest girl in the That's picture. very good point. You're totally right. The girl next door is gone and it's aspiring CW star. Exactly. <laughs> I wonder if that's just the buff- buffification of our final girls. You know what I mean? 
Well, I, I think it's the sell point. Mm-hmm. Like the sell point became bigger because horror got more popular after. Yeah, Rain. that's a good point. And so there was this real push to have bigger stars. Right. Being in these movies like, you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt and and I Know What You Did yeah. Last Summer is a stunning yeah, it's woman. Unfair. <laughs> and and so is and so is Michelle Geller mm-hmm. who's in that film. And you know you know right. what I mean? Like it it, it definitely took a turn. Right. Well I mean you had party somewhere, of five like the eighties where like it was always the girl next door. It was always a mm-hmm. normal looking woman. Mm-hmm. And then in in this era we're we're transitioning mm-hmm. and we, we don't know what we're gonna right. get, right? Because the early nineties we had Scream, which very attractive women. But we weren't quite where we were in the 2000s. The 2000s, I think there was a real shift to very pretty. Right. Well, I mean, they were just casting from CW shows, right? So it was like yeah. Party of yeah. Five. Or they were casting Buffy. from, uh, yeah, yeah exactly. Know. All right. Let's hear what you guys thought overall. Now, obviously, my review of this is going to be very positive. I picked it because I loved it, and I've been dying to see what you thought of it, Mars, and I was so excited that you were on this journey, Eddie. So I'm going to turn it over to you. What did you guys think of this movie, and would you recommend it to others? I I really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm so glad! Yes. Not, obviously not the best movie no. I've ever seen in my no. life, but it was so much fun. Correct. And the effects are amazing. 100% I would recommend it. I mean, obviously I wouldn't recommend it to someone who doesn't like gore. Right. Right? But if someone is into the, the gore and the horror and those kinds of things, yeah. I absolutely would recommend it. I had so much fun watching this oh, movie. I'm so <laughs> glad. <laughs> I was a little worried when I was rewatching it because I loved it, but I was like, you know, it's not the best movie. It's it's not <laughs> quite so bad. It's good, but it's closer to that end of the spectrum. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think I think if the practical effects hadn't been so good, it would have True. just registered as this is just another '90s horror. Correct. Movie, yeah, you know? I think that's but fair. But the it was the effects that really step it yeah. up and make it worth watching, right? In my opinion, right. And I'm glad they like put it out there right in that first opening scene. You're yeah. like, this is what you're in for, <laughs> camp like, right, and a lot I'm, of gore. <laughs> I'm down. I'm here. Let's do this. <laughs> How about you, Eddie? Yeah, I agree. I, I think that those the first scene and the mm-hmm. last scene, the two party mm-hmm. scenes, are spectacular for what they are. You know, it's obviously people that love doing special effects and and we're trying to fit as much as their budget would let them mm-hmm. put in there. And you know, I I love the yeah. lore of of the Dijin. I don't think it's been explored enough, and I think it should be explored mm-hmm. more. There's like I I should see that movie about grieving the Dijin. Yeah, I haven't that watched that yet. Have you out. seen it? I've never mm. seen it and and you know I should watch it because I think that there's there's a there's a folklore here that that could really be something that continues yeah. on past these mm-hmm. movies. So I loved it. I, you know, I loved this movie. I you know, it it didn't live up quite to what I remembered it as. Like I I didn't think the the special effects were as good as I thought mm-hmm. they were and yeah, you know, but that's just a memory yeah. thing, right? So I saw this back when it came out. Right. So, you, you know, and I loved it then and I talked about it then and you know, I wanted people to see it. And and then you sort of forget it over time and you come back to it and you're like, OK, well, you know, but that's just because in today's age, we could do so much more with right. those scenes that that those scenes could be spectacularly popping. I would love <laughs> to see Robert Kurtzman make it again. Yeah, exactly. Like, get out there. 
fix what you thought you didn't yeah. like and make it again because the remake is waiting to be happen yeah. to happen here. And so just do it. And I, I was thrilled with every cameo oh, yeah. that came up. You know, I mean, you know, Robert mm -hmm. Englund, you know, you have, you have mm -hmm. Freddy Krueger, you have Ted Raimi, you have Angus Grimm doing the narration, yep. you have Reggie Bannister doing the, 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 the pharmacy guy, you know, John Buck Flowers is that mm -hmm. bum. He's great. Who's been in so, so many good. things. Yes. You know, yes. <laughs> you know, Kane Hodder, mm -hmm. Tony Todd, Tom Savini. I mean, just go on and yes. on and on. This is this like this, for for a horror fan. Whether you like the movie or not, doesn't matter. Watch the movie just for the fact that they got these amazing people to all come together for this special effect yeah. guy and to do a favor for him and to get in his movie and try to make it something yeah. special, you know? And yeah, you know, I mean, we need more of that in Hollywood. We need less less big budgets and trying to go for yeah. the bucks and more of yeah. this. Yeah, I agree. You know? <laughs> so I have a question for you, Eddie. If they were to remake it today... And this may say something about modern horror. I don't know. We'll see what you say. Who would be the people you would add to this cameo list? Oh, that's amazing mm. thought. So, so my my tastes are pretty obscure. You know, like I like the sleepaway mm -hmm, camps. Mm -hmm, I like, mm -hmm, you know, I like really obscure eighty stuff a lot yeah. of times. Um, so I'm not sure who the cameos would be. Who's famous That's now? That's what I was trying to think. That wasn't famous then is the question, yeah. right? That's really a question. Like who, who, now again, maybe we put this on the Discord, let people right. answer it. So Patreon, become a Aww. Patreon for You're Zombie so Ghost Podcast. You're so sweet for plugging our Patreon. Get out there. <laughs> And and join us in this conversation because this is we have great conversations every That's single true. day on it's the true. Discord, and you can just join us. We I was not on this podcast, you know, ever before I joined that Discord, and the opportunity to come on this podcast has been a revelation. It allowed me to Aww. then exercise my recording skills, and I'm doing stuff with my daughter now, yeah. and you know, and you could do the same thing. You could make your life richer. By joining us, Eddie. So get out there and do it, stop folks. Stop it! You're gonna cry again. So yes, please join in the conversation. I am part of your community, and now you are part oh, of hell mine. Yeah, I accept. <laughs> so I'm trying to yes, a hundred percent. So the only th I was thinking probably Brad Dorif, right, would be a good addition. Oh yeah, 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 and um, uh, the dude that was in. The one where he gets skinned at the end. Devin Sawa. The one where with the the one where the people living in Alaska yeah. and the and and the serial killers. Okay, out so the serial dude. killer or the dad. De the okay, the serial so that killer. Would be, oh God, what was his name? Scott, Nick Stahl. What's his name? Dreamwork Nick Stahl. Teamwork Nick Stahl should be in there. Yeah. Brad Dornis should yeah. be in there. Uh, who are the women that yeah, should be? Yeah, there's gotta be. Because because this is very male yeah. oriented and and today I mean it's not the Fiona same. <laughs> no, but do you bring do you bring in somebody from Scream? Do you bring yes. in somebody from the the movies that became popular since these movies? Mm, that's a good one. Maybe like Rose McGowan from Scream. Rose McGowan would be great. Oh, that would oh, be yeah. a good one. I'm trying to think of some other iconic films, but it can. I mean, immediately I think you know the Ari Aster stuff because that's like the zeitgeist right now, but. I don't, that's not the right vibe. What are the sort of like, this modern version of those types of movies and pull from those people? So who are the characters in, in modern horror 
in particular female characters, because I think this was a totally yes. male oriented. Oh yeah, I, we did not name a so, single female so, yeah. of these these people, right? Right. So, and that's the time thing, right? That's one right. the times, right? Well, I'd love to see V Neal as one of the makeup artists that gets a cameo. Shawnee Smith. Shawnee Smith. Shawnee yes! Smith. Of course. Duh! Oh my god, <laughs> that's the perfect. That's perfect. A hundred percent. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. And if there was one male, I just want Nick Cage I mean, in everything I do. Yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and apparently he's taking any role. So. Right? Right? How are we getting we ghosts cameo of him. prisoners of Ghostland and Pig in the same year? How is that? A, how, oh, Nick Cage. That's the only explanation. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, my God. What are we fucking even doing? We're retiring the <laughs> podcast. I can't believe it took us this long. We don't deserve a podcast. <laughs> I mean, no, but we no no. To be fair, we were trying to peek, think of people outside that's of true. the. That's I mean, but right? she's oh she, yeah. okay. So what is the person who plays her daughter, who's like on Archer and that person? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't know I her name though. Yeah. yeah, I was. I I don't know. I don't know. Robert Kurtzman, are you out there? Do you have a Google search for Wishmaster and you um, found us? Yeah. Oh, I'm dude. gonna. Ta- you know what? I'm gonna tag him when this episode comes out because this is me making a plea to you, Robert. Bro, bro to bro, remake this movie. You did a yeah. good movie. Make yeah. a better movie. Yeah. Come on, yeah. we got this. I mean, what's, or um, I don't know if she. What's her name? The um, uh, Rob Zombie's daughter. Sherry. No, Rob Zombie's daughter. You mean wife? No. Oh. I thought it was his daughter. It's his wife. Yeah. Oh, it's his yeah, wife? The, the one that was... In, yeah. Burn on Rob Zombie. <laughs> well, you marry young. Well, yeah, sure. But the one who was in... Yes. Yes, that's who I'm I, I, Larry and I have talked about this. This is the hill that we die on that we love, Sherry Moon Zombie. I know that's not a popular opinion, but I don't care. Or even... Oh, my God. What's her name? She was in a bunch of... Oh, Jenna Malone was in yes. horror movies. Oh, Jenna Malone. Yes, I was just great. watching Neon yeah. Demon the other day. She's so creepy in that. She's great. Ah. Oh, the red, the redhead in that too, who was also in like uh, Elizabeth Harvest. The red. I feel like yeah, it's yeah. so blonde. I'm trying. She's one of the models. Right. Maybe she's naturally that, a redhead. That, that's okay. In, yeah. Yeah, but she was in Elizabeth Harvest, and she's quite unique in her mm. look. Um, I don't know if she'd be a cameo because I don't think she's that. That, See, we're no. too much of horror nerds for this. Yeah, but we're being very American here in that that we're not including anyone from any other mm, culture. You're right. Than American movies. Not to point out that we're flawed, we but are we're flawed. flawed. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Mars over there, like, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> she's totally, a, she's like, Ed, shut up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. I can't name. I know you're Irish. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> my brain honestly this is such a self-own but i'm like what would it be oh maybe the maybe the girl from wreck oh that would be good right yeah yeah she was great I'm trying to think of yeah the first two movies and the you know movie. i have not seen the third or fourth movie i yeah. need to <laughs> awesome okay so i feel like we definitely overall like this movie recommended if you're still here and you spoil it for yourself oh, shame on you shame 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 but there's still time it's on prime so put it in your eyeballs yeah. there is yeah. awesome okay cool and then if you if you really want to go oh, yes. further yes there are three other movies in the wish right, series down. and i would say there's diminishing returns for each one okay. but they each take a different okay. approach right so in the second movie 
we learned that the the wishmaster needs to have a thousand and one wishes from normal people like souls okay. collected in order to get the three wishes he wants from somebody else from the the person that awakened mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. so they set it in a prison where he lets himself get arrested and then just starts granting wishes to i mean every that day. concept is pretty dope I have to say. <laughs> we'll see what execution does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. So so now where this movie doesn't necessarily work for me is that that the two people, the person that awoken him and her her friend know about the Wishmaster early on and it's sort of a procedural for of them trying to figure out how you defeat him. Mm. So there's two storylines going on, him in the prison doing really cool dope things with I the bet. prisoners. But then there's this whole other story of these two people trying to figure out how we're going to defeat this right. guy. Mm. Right. And it, it never quite comes together mm. for me. And this is a personal opinion. It's, you know, I, I gave it two and a half out of five okay. stars. So it's middle okay. of the road. That's fair. Of, That's fair. You know, fodder. It was fine. It wasn't great. But it never really comes together the way I wanted it to. Wishmaster 3, which is beyond the gates of hell. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's a red flag, that name alone. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so now they've switched. It's no longer a gem. It's now a, like a little box, like in, it's like a star box. It looks like a Jewish star in, instead of the, um, what you'd get with Pinhead. Uh-huh. I don't forget what that's Something called. Lament. Lament. Lament yeah, configuration. Lament. So, yeah, something lament. Yeah, yeah. So instead of that, you get this little star box, and somebody released him from that. It ends up being a college girl. Of course. Uh, I can't. Oh. And then the gin goes on a panty raid. Okay, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he's just, and it's the same story. It's like the story hasn't changed that much. It's just it's young people instead of older people, and that's where they went with it. <laughs> We're gonna freshen it up for the young folks. <laughs> but then it, but then it okay. gets better, right? Because the last Wishmaster is Wishmaster Four: The Prophecy okay. Fulfilled, and in this <laughs> Wishmaster, oh my god, I just saw a picture um, of what he looks like in the fourth one. <laughs> So, yeah, so in each one, they add more like symbols to his head, and they change his makeup gets better compared to what we saw in the first movie as far as like how he looks yeah unfortunately i don't think the movies get better mm. and this one i do appreciate that he's wielding a sword <laughs> so this is the one where the 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 and it's always a woman that has to make the three wishes which i, I I'm, that's sort of problematic mm-hmm. for me considering how many men touch the d- gem or the box or whatever mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's always a woman. Like that's a writer right. thing. You think the gene gin's like, like that writer no needs homo. to get out of his own head? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I could make wishes. Right. Why can't I make wishes? <laughs> right. Feminism is for everyone. It's not just for women. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But you know, if they did a a Jijin movie for me, it would be a female Jijin. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be like. Well, you're pretty sexy. How about we... Oh, that's two wishes already. (laughs) Maybe that's why, because it would be so fast. It would be, right? Like, oh, you've had the the gem like three minutes and you've already gone through two (laughs) wishes. I feel like there's like a parody version of this where it's gender flipped wish master. Well, the last wish would be, I wish I could last forever. Oh, (laughs) no! No! Mistakes were made! (laughs) 
But in the in the last one, he has to somehow the woman that's making the wishes wishes for like true love or something, and he has to become her true love in order to like oh my win God. and let the rest of the Jijin take over the world. Oh and so you, I, I don't want to spoil that one for anyone because if there's one of the if there's another one out of the four you want to watch, that's the okay. one you want to watch. That's the one I want to watch, and for not sure. because it's a great movie, just because it goes for it. Is there a love scene? Oh, no! Mm. <laughs> and does his weird prehensile horn things play a role? <laughs> they change during the movies, oh, no! I'm afraid. Oh, no! So, so, yeah, so early on, he doesn't look quite oh. the same. So, like, the moving things Which are on so his creepy. Neck, I love... That's one of my favorite things about the design. Which is so creepy. Yeah, it's not quite the same. I so, guess they couldn't you, afford you know, the puppeteers. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to okay. it for that, but but... Go to it just for the idea that they, they came up with a unique idea about the djinn having to get the, the wisher to fall okay. in love with him. And and him exploring what love is, is hilarious <laughs> in the most okay. awful ways. Because it's written, obviously, by like a 50-year-old dude. Right. <laughs> I'm down. Mars. I'm, gonna watch this I'm looking to see. Let's see. Just, we're going to just watch. Is this a future watch for us? That's the question. <laughs> Yeah, do not make a podcast no? of it, but <laughs> but you want to watch that. <laughs> I feel like maybe that's some bonus content. What do you think, Mars? Yes, if we do a 100%. if we do a bonus episode of Wishmaster Four, will you come on it? Oh, I would totally I was like, come on. When you went yeah, quiet, yeah, yeah. I was I'll, like, I'll go oh, through no, that. I'm about to be rejected. <laughs> no, no, I'll go through that experience one more time for okay. a podcast. Yes. It would be hilarious. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah, so you guys watch it ahead of time. Try to figure out who would be the best person to come on with it because there's By so much By watch it ahead of time, you mean movie. watch it together as a group watch? <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could certainly do it that way if you chose. Because <laughs> I feel like that could I be mean, a lot of fun. <laughs> Just have to have open mics. Right? And... <laughs> we can actually do voice on Discord if we wanted to. Oh, my God. That would be so fun. <laughs> Maybe that's the extent that's the episode. <laughs> yes! <laughs> we could do a movie commentary. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it I out. I mean, if you got, if you have me, me, a 58-year-old guy, sitting there telling you it's problematic for how they approach yeah. women, then you know it's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this sounds yeah. like it's going to be spicy. All right. Listen, y'all. If you're out there, you... This is the moment to get on the Patreon. This is this is it. This, you, if this doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will. This is gonna be great. <laughs> I can tell you right now, you're about to. Be yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should. We'll definitely off mic. We'll plan something. We'll figure something out. Because I feel like yes, lightning is striking. We need to put it in that bottle exactly. and make it happen. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So. If you guys were going to watch this again, which let's be honest, we all will because it's awesome. What will you be drinking while you watch it, Eddie mm. and Marzi? Well, based on the wishes going wrong theme, mm -hmm. and only because it's my birthday whiskey, oh! and you stereotypically make wishes on your birthday, it would just be straight Maker's Mark because oh. it starts out thinking it's going to go well, and it's not going to. Not going to. <laughs> mm. also i mm. really want some maker's mark now okay eddie what are you drinking going along the lines that mars did i'm gonna ask for a oh. bourbon and whatever the bartender decides to give me no matter how off bourbon it is okay. i'm gonna accept 
because this movie you never got what you wanted. Oh, you're like, give me the <laughs> yes. well. So I'm gonna ask for bourbon. The guy's gonna give me straight vodka, and I'm gonna be like, all right, that's what I got. <laughs> perfect, perfect, awesome. Okay, we don't have any listener feedback this episode, but if you want to drop us a line, we are very reachable. You can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com. You can hit us up on the Facebook page, on Instagram at ZG Podcast, or on Twitter at ZG Podcast. And if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you get your pods. And if you're looking for something spooky tonight, check out our video on demand calendar on the Zombie Girls. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. Check out our calendar of all the upcoming streaming and video on demand horror and horror adjacent things that are happening because trust me there's a lot going on we're about to go into october so it's going to be on and popping so you're going to want to check that out and if you want some cool new clothes you know it's it's fall you got to get a new wardrobe you know you got to be looking slick all year round it's time for a new shirt check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch and if you love us like eddie said you want to hang out with us all the time because you know who wouldn't, right? Check out our Patreon uh, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls. And yeah, I guess that just leaves what we're planning on doing on our next episode. Now, Marzi, it's a you pick. Do you have any idea what you want to watch? I do. Uh, first of all, I just need to mention that while looking for something to pick, and I may have brought this up already. I don't really remember, but I'm just going to, if if I have, I'm just going to say it again. Just in case Indigenous is on Prime right now. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you even talked about Indigenous for a while. Who ever do? I, I never did watch Eddie that. I could watch it on Prime. on Prime right now. Watch so it and email us. If you want to know the thing that scarred this podcast the most, <laughs> well, it is that time when I thought I was picking the ruins. <laughs> That's my favorite part that I was like, it was like early on and I was like, I don't want to shit on this movie that she really liked. And then I was like, so I don't know. And you're like, well, I thought it was a different movie. <laughs> I'm like, well, so funny story. Have you ever seen the ruins? Yeah, really great movie. Because I have. <laughs> So just is that plant? Does that plant sound like my cell phone? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> so just throwing that out there in case you have spent the last several years listening to us talk about indigenous, and we're just like, ah, oh, I really want to know how how awful that was. It is on Amazon Prime right now. Check it so out, pencil dicks. Do that. <laughs> oh god, the birth of the pencil dicks. <laughs> Prepare yourself mentally and emotionally. Bring a friend. Bring a support mm -hmm. group. Watch that movie. But, okay, so we are going to be watching a movie that is currently on Netflix called The Wind. Have you seen it? I have not. And you know what? I have been meaning to see this forever. Okay, so that's a couple in a row that yeah. you've been meaning to see that I just yeah. randomly have picked without knowing you wanted to watch these. I'm excited about this one. I have no idea what to think. I have no idea if it's going to be good or not, but the synopsis on Netflix reads as isolated on a wind ravaged 19th century homestead. A frontiers woman begins to suspect that evil lurks in the terrifying emptiness all around her. Ooh. I'm very excited for like, I think it's going to be a slow burn movie. That's oh, yes. what I'm hoping for. Oh yes. Yeah. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, me too. This is this has been on my list forever because it is directed by 
Hold on. Let me pull it. Sorry, I've been trying to pull this up, and then I kept, because I'm drunk and tired, kept typoing. Apparently, the wind is too hard for me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not exactly a super specific title, if we're being honest. So. Thank you. You're being very generous. <laughs> so, yeah, this is directed by Emma Tammy, who I have seen some of her other films. We covered one of her other films on More Deadly, and so I've been meaning to circle back to this. So this is perfect. Emma Tammy is a director that I really like. And so I'm super, super, super excited that you picked this. Nice. Okay. I'm very excited then. Yes. All right. So everybody watch that for the next episode. All right. So before we wrap up, though, I want to thank our good friend, Eddie. And I do mean friend, Eddie, for joining us. I want to give you the opportunity to, if you would like to put in a plug for a project you're working on, if you think it'll be, if, if now's a good time. Okay, well, I, I don't really have anything going on other than recording with my daughter, and we haven't quite come into a format where we're okay. putting anything out. So we're still recording stuff. We have an idea, but we haven't quite gotten where we need to be. But if you want to f- check me out on uh, Letterboxd, I'm Hovi1127 on Letterboxd, and I, I certainly put up star ratings and sometimes reviews of the things I watch. And uh, although it's, I have to say it's, being influenced greatly by the Zombie Dirt Girl podcast <laughs> Sorry. series. <laughs> but every now and again, I put something up there that they haven't seen, and so you can see that up there, too. So, And you, you can certainly uh, check me out there. I still have uh, SourceSportMovies.com that is out there that's not getting used that much, but I have a ton of movie reviews up you gotta, there. you got to pour it all that so over to your... you to pour browse. it all over to your letterboxed. Yeah, I'm going to do all that extra work. <laughs> awesome. And that's about all right, it. So, so there you go. Keep on the radar. Something from our, if you enjoyed Eddie, and I know I did, you want to hear more of Eddie, and I know I do, just, just know something in the works. Something in the works. And we will, we will certainly plug the hell out of it as soon as it comes out. You're going to need to make a promo so we can, we can play it, play it on all of our shows. Oh, it's good. It, we're going to put it on the Zombie Girls now. Oh, is that is that right? I mean, <laughs> well, I I just decided that this listen, moment. So, you know. I would be proud without your permission to put it out. You let me know. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Absolutely, awesome. Okay, so again, thank you so much for joining us, Eddie. For those of you sticking around, we are going to be playing a little game with Eddie. We're also going to play Wishmaster, where Eddie's going to make some wishes, and we're going to gin it up. And also, if Eddie has any questions for us, we'll open up the floor for an AMA, depending on if he wants to do that. I just basically decided that in this moment. We're being very spontaneous tonight. That's the theme of the night. <laughs> and if you are a patron, you'll get to hear all of that. If you're not, we're going to include the first few minutes of that so you can get a taste of what you're missing after the music. So check that out. All right. Marzi, take us out. Thanks again, everybody, for coming back and listening. Anybody new, thank you for checking us out. And patrons, stick around for that extended episode. It is going to be weird. I have a feeling. <laughs> I feel pretty confident it's going to get weird. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. And that's all, folks. Bye, everybody. Night. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman-Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. Oh, we got a fun show for you. We got a fun show. On the <laughs> spot. Yes, you are. You get to be the star of the show. So I guess really, I hope we have a fun show, but it's going to be up to Eddie. <laughs> oh, Let's hope right I here, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So obviously, we just watched Wishmaster. And so Mars came up with this idea, actually, I think. Yeah? Yeah. When we were brainstorming on what would be a good... Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what we thought we would do is we would play Wishmaster with you. You get to make three wishes, like one at a time, and mm. we are going to gin it. Oh, you know what nice. I mean? we're gonna... Nice. I like it. Yeah. You like it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's start with what's your first wish? Okay. Okay. So I'm going to take this sort of seriously. Okay. Um, about wishes that I would really want. Okay. Because that'll make the, the damage you do to me even better. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my, and I've thought about this. I've thought about like, if I had three wishes, what I would wish for. Uh-huh. And so the ones that I've come up with over time are the first one is that I want to understand all languages and cultures. Okay. Hmm. Marzi, how are we going to mess this one up? I want to understand all languages and cultures. I so mean, what's... I really just feel like it just becomes the downward spiral because so many things contradict that all of a sudden you're just like, oh, but this, but this, but this, but this, but this. And then you just become like rocking in a corner. Like none of it makes sense and it all makes sense. None of it makes sense and it all makes sense. So I feel like it would just drive you insane, right? If you just understood yeah. all of it. That could work. I was also thinking about like what are things all cultures have in common that would be like gen, right? And like gen would focus on, right? So like no matter where you're from or what you do or what language you speak, you under as a human part of the human experience, you know pain and grief. So Mm. what if, yeah? So what if like we just filled you with the world's pain and Mm. grief? And so, like, you went insane feeling everybody's shared experience. Or. Okay. Nobody wants to be friends with you because you can become the well actually guy. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> well, actually, that wouldn't Ooh, happen like that because. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Mesoamerican. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> There's only three cultures that have that belief, and I'm not going to be part of one of them. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think, I don't know. What do you think, Eddie? Oh, so, so my, my horror story about this one is, is that I can't shut off what I'm hearing. So, oh. so I find out that trees have a language, and I find out the wind oh. has a language, and I can't ever <gasps> shut anything out, and it's always right. in my brain. Like every animal you eat, you hear it's like yeah, or or, or you you know you or... hear the chipmunks outside plotting to kill you. Yeah, you know, I and like you never it. knew they were plotting to kill you, but now you know they're plotting to kill you because you can hear their language. Or you find you... out like the bees have cults yeah. or something, and all you hear is like the bee chants. You can yeah. hear COVID. <laughs> you can hear the termites just getting into your house right now. And they're like, oh, you hear they're planning. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, we do we do a um, hundred meters a year. So if we can uh, get into that first part of that house right now, we could have the first side of that house down before you know it. Or even like 
if you hear the ants and all it is is a repetitive like we do this for the mother we do this for the oh mother. my goodness we yeah the we do this for the mother and you realize like everything in nature is a cult <laughs> yes <laughs> So, bathroom thought. Why do we call peeing peeing? Where did that come from? Because, hmm. I mean, like, pissing, I get. Because then it's like automatopoeia, right? But peeing. I shortened it, shortened it to pee. Okay. And then lengthened it to peeing. Okay. So, it's pee for That's short and peeing with. for long. Got it. No, no. It's pee. Like, I have to pee. Right. But then you're like, oh, how do I make that a verb? <laughs> so you think like the, it was somebody being like, oh, don't say pissing. That's so uncouth. Yeah. And so yeah that's, I'm going that's for a cool. pee. Yeah, I'm going for a pee. And then and then we're like, what are you doing? I'm peeing. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for making me to announce it to the whole room. Thank you. Oh, okay. So as a verb meaning to urinate, pee is simply a shorter form of piss. It originally developed in the 18th century when go. it stood for the initial letter of piss, according to the Oxford English Dictionary. I win. You do win. Yeah. We got to figure out what your prize is going to be. <laughs> I'm getting some, you're going to pee on me. <laughs> oh, my God. Is good or bad. Wow. It depends on where I'm Ariel, at. Ariel, leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. 